everybody and welcome to the Catch Cape podcast. This week we're on episode 22 and we have arrived in Bolivia. So many people actually skip Bolivia because of its reputation. Um, some people may believe it is quite a impoverished country and um, you know when it comes to South America it's quite uh, the altitude like it's really high up a lot of the uh, towns are like in the few thousand meters so it can take its toll and I'll talk a bit about that how I managed with the altitude sickness and also like it definitely is worth going to because it contains the largest salt flat in the world and I, I will admit that was one of the main reasons I went there. I was like, I gotta get to this salt flat. It looks like outstanding. So I visited um, a few different areas in there. So we'll go through that. And again, as always, I will talk through bits about uh, the growing, the bees and um, some other bits, some other exciting bits about the book. To begin, just a thank you to the patrons who are kindly supporting this podcast week by week. Um, I'm very grateful for your uh, subscription and it's allowing this podcast to continue and to share the beauty of the planet and, and all of that. So thank you so much guys and if you do feel like you can support my message um a subscription to the podcast is very affordable um you know it could just be the price of a coffee actually um it's probably cheaper than most people's coffee subscriptions <laughs> so um yeah it's just on patreon and then you can contribute per month or donate a once off uh, up to you but if you do appreciate my message and would like to see it continue and grow further, uh, please consider uh, supporting and um, we can keep this show on the road. So yes, so thank you patrons and I appreciate each and every one of you. So let's get going on the adventures. So last week we were in Brazil and I had the most wonderful time in Brazil. Um, as I said before, it has some of the most unique biodiversity on the planet, housing the Amazon rainforest and just in general all the different ecosystems as it takes such up as it takes up such a huge part of the landmass of South America. Um and I was very reluctant to leave Brazil actually and um kind of figuring out how would I make my way back up South America to eventually come home so I had like a couple of sites in my mind that I really really wanted to get to like uh, the Bolivian salt flat um, also Rainbow Mountain in Peru uh, absolutely stunning um, of course Machu Picchu deserves a visit and you know some of the of course, the islands of Galapagos were my were my biggest dream, really. Um, so I was trying to figure out how I would best do it. So I thought, you know what, I'll head into Bolivia and I'll work my way back up. Um, but, you know, it, like, it might sound easy on pen and paper, but actually doing it was challenging at times. 
because I had to make the decision like how I would even get there like if I were to go on a bus from Brazil to Bolivia like it would have been days and days and days like the landmass is huge you know and it's not just like getting on a bus for one day it's such a big great distance so I eventually decided I would fly in so I flew to Sucre which is in the kind of north of Bolivia and I decided that I would I had been reading and researching before I landed in about the altitude so Sucre is like just below 3000 meters and then the place where I really wanted to go Uni which is where the salt flat resides um that is like about 4000 meters above sea level and you know as resilient as I am um I knew in a way that it could affect me um especially being at sea level well all my life and then also like sticking to the coast on my journey as well would mean that going up high into the Andean mountain range would mean uh, my lungs you know like they have to adapt so it's actually fascinating like when you travel around the world and you meet people who live in different environments um, especially like in deserts and mountain ranges like how their body is adapted for their climate and uh, how I was not adapted for their climate or their region or their terrain so when I arrived in Sucre I kind of like even like flying in I was like wow it looks so dry up here um, and it's just like Bolivia definitely deserves a visit like I know some people I had heard of people like you know being robbed and like you know people even like ransoms and stuff like that but you know like I again you have to have your wits about you and be wise and I knew having been in all the different places that people said I would already get in trouble with I'd be fine but again you have to be careful um so there were some incidents you know that I had as well <laughs> but um I'll take you through the stories anyways but when I arrived in anyway it was quite desertous quite the terrain was quite uh kind of like arid dry orangey red you know browns so not as beautiful and fresh and crisp and uh vibrant as Brazil but it had its own beauty you know it did and um when I landed into the town I was meant to do a couch surfing experience but that didn't actually go to plan so I ended up in like a hostel and to be honest the hostel like it was only ten dollars for the night uh, for a big huge room with two massive double beds um but yeah so like when I got to the airport I shared a cab with like three other Bolivians um and they were really lovely and I just remember like trying to speak Spanish when I got in it was like it was like I totally forgot Spanish I had like words of I had Portuguese coming out my mouth and I was so kind of slow you know but as well like I had been traveling throughout the night so it was very like you know I was a bit sleepy and I didn't really know what was going on and the currency changed and you know my head was like a bit sore because I had to get some like small propeller plane to get into this airport um so yeah it wasn't the easiest journey um but I eventually got into the town and I got dropped off at a hostel and I made my way 
so I stayed there for one night and uh, it was lovely really lovely and I'll never forget like uh, the cold like it was like minus four and I had gone from Brazilian coastline heat you know the middle of I think it was the end of March actually boiling hot like bikinis all the time for a couple of months and then I went in there and I was like I'm actually freezing even at night like I had loads of clothes on me I had loads of blankets I couldn't get enough blankets I was so cold and it was my first time looking at my phone and seeing minus degrees I was like this can't be real it was crazy but um and then I was like I felt the headaches kind of start come on then um because of the altitude so going from zero you know sea level up to 3000 meters was a huge shock on my system I got super tired I like I was kind of like a jet lag but it was like you know very very heavy in my mind couldn't really walk that far without getting breathless um yeah it really affected me and um the locals then they gave me coca coca leaves so essentially uh it's from the cocaine plant that they would um harvest but the leaves that are taken off basically you would chew them like it's not illegal or anything all the locals have them and, and they give them to you you know so they get they give me like loads of them so you would just chew the leaves and it would kind of end up kind of like a chewing gum in your mouth and then it would slowly like relieve the kind of the dizziness or the nausea or the whatever you might have um and it would just kind of relieve it but it would only relieve it for like um like couple of minutes and then you'd have to chew more leaves do you know that way but it was just funny I remember being in my bed at night and it was like minus four and I was frozen and I was looking at the side of my you know my locker and there was just leaves all over it <laughs> so it was kind of funny but um they were super sweet the Bolivians um a little bit more closed than other South American countries just a little that bit more kind of reserved um but then when you do get to know them like they are really sweet and kind and caring but it just takes them a bit of time and they've had a history of you know a lot of poverty i'm pretty sure it's the most i think it's yeah i think it's the country with the most poverty in south america if i remember correctly um so i did see a lot of poverty which was hard at times you know but um yeah and then yeah in the morning you'd get up and the breakfast used to be in the courtyard and it was just like pan, so like just bread and then different, like a jam. And then they had like, you know, bits of fruit, but it was just like very basic uh, food. Um, you know, like banana, bread and a tiny bit of fruit. But it was just interesting to go from so much variety and built up Brazil, money. You could see money like, you know, definitely in the south coast big boats to go into Bolivia and like you know have very little variety of food or whatever but then super cheap like I told you ten dollars for my room and I had like I got a choice of beds the room was huge and yeah like a beautiful kitchen and then a courtyard but I was like I'm I was like how am I going to even eat in the courtyard it's so cold and then I eventually got started talking to like the staff in there and they were so lovely and I got to like get my Spanish back on board again um and then there was like some french people staying there so like my first night was really funny because in the morning i was speaking portuguese then i went into this hostel and i was speaking spanish 
with weird Portuguese words because I was all mixed up and then there was a French group and then I ended up speaking French and my mind was just like I was like I like I need to rest I have no idea where I am right now I have no idea what my brain is doing but I mean it was I was able to get through it like and they all understood me it's just the the clean the cleaner lady was like what are are you French (laughs) and I was like maybe I just need to speak English please but um yeah and I didn't meet many Irish actually on my trip actually didn't meet hardly any like I met a cup like a couple of girls in Cuba I'd met one couple in Colombia I'd met a couple of people in Mexico and on like a stag or something but like barely any any at all at all so yeah it was kind of nice in a way um because I could get to know other cultures but yeah it's kind of interesting so I didn't have much opportunity to speak English to be honest because I really went away from uh, the norm or like any big hostels that would house you know like backpackers like I went to the ones where there was like like hardly any uh, kind of tourists or maybe anglophones just so I could fully immerse myself you know so Sucre in fact is a UNESCO uh, world heritage site so it is protected and it is uh, one of the old uh, Spanish colonial cities so the Spanish Empire would have moved in there back in the day and you can see this as you walk around the town, the way the architecture is built and the roads even. Um, so that's very interesting. Um, and then you have a nearby town called Potosi, which was also a UNESCO site and I'll tell you a bit about that in a sec as I pass through there. Um, as it has the, it has a rich, rich, rich mining history so lots of silver um and it's so 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 interesting the what goes on in that town like absolutely fascinating but before i get there i'll just tell you one little bit more about sukura um it also has uh one of the largest collection of dinosaur footprints would you believe and i actually did want to go see this dinosaur footprint collection but at the time when I was there, like I was really struggling with the altitude sickness, like for a couple of days, um, like I could, I could walk down the street and then I'd be like, I'm out of breath. So I did actually try to go, but by the time I got to the bus stop and I was alone and Bolivia didn't seem as inviting for the solo traveler. Um, I got a lot of stares. People used to look at me like very like much like staring and there did seem to be a lot of poverty so I was cautious about leaving the town to go out there especially alone and especially when I wasn't fully in my wits and I always kind of promised myself that if I ever didn't feel like well in myself that there was no point in exploring because well one you're not fully aware like and you need to be when you're alone Um, but two like how much would I enjoy it if I'm like dizzy you know and I did actually I went to like a couch surf experience the next day and I was meant to stay in um this house like out of kind of down outside a little bit of the town so I walked for like maybe half a kilometer with my bags and as usual as not as usual like I had the like 25 kgs or something like that and like when your body's under that pressure like it's like walking in a mountain <laughs> so like uh like it was just it was so hard trying to get to that house I was so out of breath I'd stopped many times in the road eventually I got there 
and um, I went into the house and the standards were like much lower. I went into the kitchen and the lady seemed nice, but also just a little bit off. Like I could feel something was a little bit off, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And she just said, look, there's people actually in the room at the moment, but they'll be coming out later today. So you can like go into the room tonight. And it was like kind of like a, it kind of almost felt like a farmyard, but like the kitchen was fairly dirty and there was a lot of flies and just very basic um and I think at this point in my trip as well I was just like I need a bit of comfort you know um but eventually I remember saying to her that's cool we chatted for a bit she seemed lovely um and I asked her could I go to the bathroom so I left the kitchen I went out to the toilet in the courtyard and I came back in and something just felt really weird like really off I looked at her she looked a bit like startled and she kind of just started speaking fast and I was like okay something's off I looked straight down at my bag because you know I was on alert all the time and the zips on my bag were shaking um so she had gone into my bag basically and at that point like I was like oh god like am I in danger you know the gate is locked I'm inside here what will I do uh is she after stealing my money chef stealing my bank card um I was pretty pretty like I was in a flight or fight mode at that point um but I I played it cool I acted normal she said she would show me the bedroom I said okay so I took my little backpack I was able to check my money while we were going up to the room and um luckily there didn't seem to be any money missing or my bank cards or anything so that was great but it just goes to show like you always have to be careful and I would have had locks on my bags as well but you know this house in particular had like I'd say over 100 or 150 reviews positive so I was like that's weird you know but you know some people might be desperate and you know you're a backpacker so you have money um so yeah you know it can happen um but after I was in the bedroom and I had my bag and the other people's bags were in there as well and I just didn't feel relaxed at all I felt really agitated I kept thinking like what if tomorrow they come into the room and then they take my stuff you know somebody going into your bag you know so anyway I decided after she left me in the room and I decided after that I would just make up an excuse and I would get out of there as soon as I could so as you know I was studying and like I did need internet so I went back down to the kitchen and I just said to her look I was like I'm gonna have to get like 3g 4g whatever internet to do my study and the house didn't have any like so she was totally understandable I was able to get out of there luckily um and yeah I was just like yeah so I walked back to that hostel that I was at initially so I walked back the half a kilometre or whatever it was up the hills and I was like so out of breath and I remember I got back and my room was gone and I was like no and they were like look we have another room in the main house if you'd like to stay there much darker a bit out in the road but I was just like I'll take it give it to me and I just kind of went into bed you know and I just kind of really just spent the time in Sukkot like trying to recover the altitude and just getting my energy back you know 
but um I, what i would say it is it is a beautiful town i got to know the hostel owner really well and she was absolutely gorgeous person so lovely i got to know the staff really well and um yeah it really was a lovely town um and the market there was amazing lovely fresh fruit and all of it but just just kind of a low vibe you know but it was also interesting to see because it's always good to experience different cultures and how people are and yeah they've had a you know they've had dark bits of history so it's important to understand that as well and if you do go there definitely go out to the dinosaur collection because I didn't get there but I would love to <laughs> but anyway so after there I made a plan to go to Potosi and eventually over to Uyuni so a lot of people had said that like you should stay in Potosi but like I knew that having spent my time in Sukura and seeing how kind of it was just lacking a bit of life I was like there's no way I'm staying in this town like it was an old mining town super interesting now I do think if I had been with a group of people or friends or something I might have been more willing but I was just like get me to the salt flat like I just I need to go there it was, you know, it was one of my bucket list natural wonder uh, dreams so we passed through Potosi which was actually great and uh, it, it also is actually a declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site it had the Spanish Empire mined like like so much silver out of there some people say it was like between 40 and 60,000 tons of silver and like they say it was enough to like build a bridge from there back to Spain like some crazy amount anyway and they're still mining they're still in their mining but the interesting thing about the whole thing is is the kind the working conditions it's like extreme harsh labor like like there's like not even a count countable number of how many people have died in there like men and just the level of alcoholism and their their death rate is super young it's it's absolutely horrendous the working and living conditions and it really like made me feel for the people you know because like the men would go off to work they mightn't even come out of the mine uh they have awful lung conditions a lot of them are in alcoholism um and the circle continues you know and like i remember talking with the hostel owner in sukura and she said like that by the way sukura is actually known for being like one of the most beautiful towns in uh bolivia just so you know it is actually stunning beautiful but like she was saying to me that like she knew people where like families you know had divorced you know and then like loads of alcoholism and just, just like it's so harsh but like if you're a tourist and you go in there like they kind of expect a gift so like you might buy a tour and then like after you might like people used to buy the workers like alcohol bottles or cigarettes or whatever but I just didn't feel up to doing something like that you know and like it's not even like I don't even think it's that safe in there I don't know but I just chose not to but it was cool to stop in the town like I got a bus through there and I got the bus from Sukura to uni it was like a full day on the bus it was absolutely <gasps> what a journey on the bus it was quite intense uh, but I did it thank god and we stopped for lunch in Potosi and some like German girls kind of tagged along with me because you know I was speaking Spanish and they were like where did you learn Spanish 
<laughs> I was like, oh, in Chile, <laughs> making it up. So I was like ordering all the food for the people in the restaurant. It was quite funny. And at that stage, I was almost like, you know, I was like, it was I was from there because, you know, they wouldn't get away with anything with me. Like I knew all the ways around people of trying to barter and trying to get more money than they were, you know, owed, you know. So I had them to a T like what they would do, you know. So it was fantastic for me to share that with others and help others not to be ripped off and all that. But also like give back to the people, of course, the right amount of money and all of that. But just sometimes they might take advantage, you know. You just have to be aware of it. Um. So, yeah. And Potosi is, I think, one of the world's highest cities. Um, so yeah, very interesting. And driving in there, like you'd see all the houses stacked up top of each other up on the mountainscape. Um, but yeah, so that was really interesting. Um, but I've heard the tours are interesting. You come out of there like, you know, black like soot because of all the, it's dirty in there. And you know, I don't know, I just didn't feel called to go in. You know, I'm more about the natural wonders, not about, uh, I don't know. It just didn't feel like the right place to go into a mine. Um, but yeah. So after that, off we go. And I landed in uh, Uni, uh, where the largest salt flat in the world resides. So it's about 11,000 kilometers of salt. Uh, lithium, considered the grey gold of the, uh, of the, I suppose the world now that we're going to be moving into of uh, electric vehicles, battery powered uh, by lithium. Um, so, you know, now we are dependent on, well, you know, uh, the majority on oil, gas and coal. Uh, now we're going to be looking, well, they have been looking at it and people have invested in it and people have tried to uh, exploit it already. Uh, the lithium stores in Bolivia, uh, because it does have like one third of the lithium reserves in the world um so but it is like it parts of it actually go into Argent uh, wait now argentina and chile as well pretty sure so it's called like the lithium triangle um and you know yeah it's just like it's like when we replace the fossil fuel with something more i guess you know sustainable say like a battery powered car um we also went to an enter into another world of kind of like it's like the green tech but then that can also be exploited you know so there are loads of people interested in that at the moment and investing in it and yeah it's really interesting to learn about and to understand what the future holds regarding salt and um yeah it's one of the lightest metals in the world so it's very useful and uh it's one to watch out for regarding environmental kind of sustainability and changing over to green uh, technology. So essentially the uni salt flat was a lake at one point in time, a prehistoric lake some 10,000 years ago or something and it dried up and then you have all these kind of hexagonal kind of shapes in the of the salt basically and even sometimes like you get rainfall and it can be like a lake it almost looks like a little lake above it and you just get to witness the most spectacular outstanding sunset 
and I did witness it. I was very lucky and so grateful to have seen that site because I think it was the most outstanding sunset I've seen anywhere in the world in my whole life. Um, absolutely uh, mesmerizing. Um, if you have my book, actually, you'll see the picture in it. I just, I still have no words for it. Like the feelings I felt on witnessing it uh, were, yeah, I just in awe of the beauty of the of our planet and these magical places that we have. Um, but my day actually set off there in the morning. I got a tour, so I checked into a hotel that night when I arrived. Uh, it was a full day trip along the whole of Bolivia, along the Andean range. So quite high up, mountainous, desert-like. At times on the bus, I was like, where are we? Like there was nothing and nothing and nothing and nothing. And like, when you see these kind of landscapes and you see like a house in the middle of the desert, like you just feel so much gratitude for your home. Well, I did anyway, I just thought, oh my God, like, like the conditions that people live in you know they've no access to the ocean you know they some people had never been to the ocean and you know then you have these arid landscapes where there's dried up lakes and, and like water access is very limited and i just felt so grateful um, visiting certain regions around the world and and just sharing with them as well like showing them pictures of home and their fascination and had never visited the ocean and it was amazing um but anyway sometimes you get kind of complacent to what you have and, and that's why sometimes at home when i go to the beach i'm like oh my god like why people are not by the beach by the ocean by the sea by the river by the lake like we've so much of it and yeah i guess i just want to put that out there that if you do have water nearby like go there and appreciate it because some people don't have that a lot of people don't um so yeah just to make you aware of it uh, you're very lucky if you're listening to this and you have water nearby um so yeah i eventually got there i checked into a hotel that night i decided to get uh as it was quite cheap there i got a bedroom for myself and i remember like the girl like i got a rad in my room so i had the radiator on next to me in the bed it was so cold guys so cold in bolivia and even uni was like even higher up again. Like I remember checking my phone out in the salt flat and we were at like 5,500 meters or something. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cold, so cold. But, um, you know, I had all my Antarctica gear, so I had that on me. But it was just so funny. I remember as well, like videoing the bathroom. It was, I'll never forget, it was so funny. I remember people laughing on my Instagram stories because the toilet was basically in the shower. The shower was above the toilet. So when I would use the shower in the room, I turn on the shower and like, obviously the room maybe was built cheaply. I don't know. The hotels were like something out of, uh, I can't even express it yet. It was like very basic, but kind of like, uh, it was just funny. It was just really funny. But I remember videoing, turning on the shower and the shower, literally the water was just landing on the toilet bowl. So I had to stand into the shower, but also get everything soaked in the bathroom and it, the water flying out the door. And I was just like, oh my God, who built these showers? Just like, it really, it didn't make me like annoyed. It just, it just was really funny. Like the architecture in some places and the way things were built, the structure of stuff, just like done very cheaply, I suppose, and fast maybe. But yeah, 
But what I found as well was things were very slow there. Like you'd be in a queue and you could be, there could be one person ahead of you and you could be in that queue like 30 minutes. So like you wouldn't have wanted to be in a rush or like, like it was just like the queues were, it was just crazy. And like at times as well, I found that maybe they were like a little bit forgetful. Like they weren't like sometimes there, like I had stayed in that hotel and I decided to stay an extra night, you know, and stuff. And they forgot even to charge me. Like you'd have to remind them of stuff, you know, they just, I think they just operated more slow. Um, but yeah, it's good. To s it was kind of like really back in the day, you know, you could tell these people hadn't voyaged much. Um, maybe, yeah, like they were just very slow at doing things. Um, but still lovely people and quite caring. And, you know, even like when I was leaving really early in the morning on the last day, like they were giving me, they, they did agree to give me some breakfast and a packed lunch and they were really kind in that kind of way. But, um, yeah, so I did my salt flat tour. I actually just did a day trip. Like you could do like, you know, several days and end up in like the Atacama or that desert or in Chile. Um, so you could do that, but you know, I was like, a day trip is fine. I just want to explore the salt flat and the desert and the cactus, cacti island and all of that. So it was just absolutely perfect for me to do that day trip. And in the morning we visited a railway village. It was like an old railway site with loads of, uh, you know, parts of the trains that would have gone from Bolivia into Chile with like uh, stores of um, different things they were transporting. So it was really cool. And like all the railway kind of trains had like graffiti on them and drawings and just like some of them were even turned on their side. And it was just a really class place to get photos. We also got to visit um, like a local kind of indigenous kind of community where they sold their own crafts and that was quite lovely and just to support the locals. There was also like a hotel called Palacio de Sal and it was made of salt which was super cool to see. We got to see lakes on the desert that had loads of minerals in them and you know you could actually put your hands in it and put it on your skin for healing or whatever you want for your skin dermatology like people actually you know all those minerals they do wonders for your skin and we got to eat in the restaurant there and again there was just salt everywhere like you know I remember looking down at my feet and like obviously everything's white and one of the guys was like can I get salt for my dinner we had this quinoa it was like the best quinoa I've had in my life it was so amazing it's grown up in the mountain ranges and uh the guide just picked up the salt off the ground and put it in his dinner. And then the guide was like, um, maybe don't use that salt in your dinner. <laughs> we'll get some off the staff. But yeah, they were really nice. And um, we then got to visit the Cacti Island. And that was so class. It's like a 700 year old island, just all cacti. And the guy was like look you have to pay so many dollars to go in like 10 or 20 and I was like oh you have to pay again and he's like yeah but then like it was really weird like I walked up to it and I just walked in and there was n like there was nobody checking any tickets or anything and I just walked around there <laughs> so like sometimes in Bolivia I was like what are they on about like they'd say I don't know I don't really know but anyway I walked around that island for free um and it was really cool 
and it was amazing and the views up there i remember like being up there alone and just sitting amongst the cacti and looking out at white on the horizon and you could just see that you could ju you just could see for miles and miles and miles and just nothing just pure white and then you could see some more bits of mountain coming out of the ground and yeah and you could just see the trucks so they had these big four by fours for traversing the the desert uh it was just amazing like breathtaking um and yeah just be careful not to get cut by the cacti because they're quite sharp um but yeah and there's not much um biodiversity like there's not much kind of uh wildlife in there but they do have pink flamingos which I didn't get to see but I presume they're there somewhere and it's quite a unique ecosystem so it would only house stuff that would be adaptable to that climate um yeah so very interesting and I just remember just going along in the jeep and just having the window down and the music up the reggaeton we used to play the reggaeton and uh you're just staring and staring and staring for miles and miles and just pure white unbelievable and like if you do go there um make sure you have sunglasses because your eyes will be burnt from the reflection of the sun um because i remember mine like you, you just couldn't take them off you know um so yes that that was it guys it was superb and on the way back that night we pulled up the jeep on one of the areas where there was water kind of covering and I'll never forget hopping out of the jeep. And he was like, look, you might need to rent boots. And I was like, rent boots? I'd go out on my feet. <laughs> my feet were soaked. Sure, the water was up to my ankles. And it was like minus five or six on the way home. Like I was, you know, quite frozen. But I took my shower in the toilet shower at the way back. It was kind of funny. Um, but it was incredible. Incredible sunset. Pinks, purples, yellows, blues. Every kind of colour. And it was changing all different ways. And... I just never forget it and then like I kept saying to myself is this real is this real is this real uh, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and then like some fellas pulled up in a, a lorry like they obviously work on the on the lithium or on this desert and maybe on extraction or something and they pulled up and they were standing on top of their trailer at the back and I just took some pictures of them some shots and I was just like oh my god this is class this is absolutely class I was like am I here am I alive this is amazing but yeah guys if you go to Bolivia you have 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 to go there it's superb um hotels are super cheap food is good on the streets um things are a little bit slower um but just make sure the altitude that you either get a bus in there or if you do fly then make sure you have a few days to fully uh, adjust to the uh, the height of the country because it's very 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 high up so in other news guys um the growing and the bees and the animals and all of it uh, everything is going so well um i've been planting and planting and planting and there's just so much coming on now at the moment with the the the, the sunlight longer in the day and um even this morning like i woke uh because on the farm there's so many birds nesting in the trees like they start going like at four like quarter to five in the morning four thirty five, and they're so loud 
and they wake me <laughs> they wake me because they're in the roof of the house and they're out in all the trees and they're out in the forest and they're just it's so beautiful to hear it but at the same time you're like let me sleep but I, I woke up this morning half four and I was like it is bright it was so bright outside and I was like I, I part of me thought like is it eight o'clock um, but I did manage to get to sleep after a while but I was like how is it so early but the birds obviously you know the little babies are coming out now with their first feathers and all of it so it's quite exciting uh, time I guess for mother and baby um, the bees oh my god so much with the bees at the moment uh, I've been doing quite a good few hive inspections and I even did my own hive inspections on the farm here with the bees so I'm kind of like I'm getting on really well um, I did get a couple of stings um, which is normal because um, I didn't actually have on the right trousers so that's my own real kind of fault but um you know we learned from it and uh it was like a lesson for me but it was amazing to do it myself and to go through the frames and yeah i was just like oh my god i'm doing a solo inspection it was amazing and of course hive mind did help me and uh i also went out and did some uh, more inspections with that with them and it was just amazing so doing loads of queen spotting and we even had swarms so just learning what to do with a swarm and kind of splitting the hive um it's just it's just been an amazing journey to learn all about the bees and just get up close and personal learning about this amazing super organism that is like you know sustaining food production it's just incredible like and I hope for everybody to learn about them and realize their importance um and again as I say if you've lawns if you've hedgerows all of that please leave it be please leave it wild or if you are cutting partially cut um because the pollinators need flowers and all of that ecosystem that's at play from insect to fly to all of it um it's all at play together um and actually something interesting because I'm reading the baccarat so it's like a week, it's a monthly beekeeper um, magazine. Um, my neighbour loaned me some um, because she's actually a beekeeper as well. Super cool. Um, and I've been reading an article about the almond milk production and I just thought I'd share it because it really hit me. Um, in the US, bees, and like for anybody out there, and like I know like sometimes you make a change in your diet and you think you're doing amazing and good for the planet. And then it comes out like something else and you're like, oh my God. So basically almond milk. So I would probably advise against it. Um, but like basically they ship millions and millions of bees across the US for the almond pollination. And um, it's just crazy what goes on over there. Like in the book, it was saying that like, in the winter of 2018 and 19 the few months of the winter so when the beehives kind of go down a bit uh 50 million bees died like it's basically called the massacre of the bees and it's like when the bees go to war so they go out to war they go out to pollinate all the almonds uh like the trees and everything and then they come back they don't come back like a third of them they die and it's just like I couldn't believe it when I was reading about it I was like this is actually going on but you know as always like you could be totally unaware of something and thinking oh almond milk is so good for you and so good for the planet because you're not drinking cow's milk and you know all of that but then you're just like 
oh my god you know what is good anymore but look um the oat milk seems to be sustainable enough um but it's just it's tough guys but if you are drinking almond milk i would say recheck your choices because like when i read about that i was like oh my god and especially the water consumption as well of the almonds like they take in an enormous amount of water um but they do they did say that almond milk um demand went up by 250% and now it's like a million, you know billion dollar market so yeah so there's a big story behind almond milk the massacre of the bees and i just thought when i read it i had to share it and just yeah share this important information like you know um yeah if you have any thoughts about that or anything like i'd be open to suggestions or your your thoughts on it because it's really interesting you know and again as i say like when i was talking about the lithium in bolivia like you know you go from a fossil fuel which is bad or considered you know which is bad for the environment um and then like exploiting lithium like you go from one to the other and it's like you know where can we find the middle ground where can we choose responsibly and manage responsibly you know so that's just something to be aware of um in other news my book so yesterday this week i have been my book has now hit the stores so um little by little we'll get there so it's still on my website of course to order if you like and it's shipping worldwide my first books actually arrived in australia this week super exciting over there and thank you as always for the feedback uh, i'm so happy that people are enjoying it and kids are like adults are like uh, i'm so happy that it's bringing some light into people's lives and so at the moment now it's um in milton books it's in the news agents in the town mccarthy's it's also in the earthway refill it is going into other stores as well so i'll keep you posted and as always, if you're local, you can just message me and you can even call to me and grab a book and I'll sign it. No bothers. Um, so that's all really, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our ventures in uh, Bolivia. If you would like to leave me a review or a share of the episode, if you've enjoyed it, I would so, so appreciate it. And as always, thank you to the patrons. If you are getting something from my message, um, please consider supporting on Patreon. Uh, you can do a subscription you know like a coffee subscription price and um, it's actually probably less than that or a once off if you'd like to support me and my mission on this earth and um, yeah I wish you all a beautiful day enjoy enjoy life and um, get back into nature and um, yeah any questions or anything on the growing or the bees or anything you know where to find me and um, big hugs for me guys positive vibes enjoy your day and have an awesome weekend chat to you soon bye